what's going on guys welcome to a special new year's eve edition of the gaelic gridiron podcast delighted to be joined by uh, my uh, partner in crime gaelic gridiron's nfl in-house expert mr stephen twist Kearns. twist how are you man how was the christmas good jimmy good i'm excited to be doing this christmas was busy um that's what happens when you have a little one. Everyone wants to see him, hold him, squish him. So you got to go everywhere and be everywhere. Um, so finally, you know, get ready to sit down and watch some football this evening. Spend I can't believe it's football. taken us. I can't believe it's taken us this long to actually do a podcast together. This is this is well overdue. And we're going to take a look today. At, I suppose, I mean, it's week 17 of the NFL. Like it's the penultimate week of the season. It's New Year's Eve. Like there's a massive slate of football on. I love the... Um, the, the run, the angry t-shirt you have on, by the way, <laughs> represents As it represents Jalen Warren, like me and you have been behind Jalen Warren for forever at this stage. And, you know, once he won the, won the angry runs awards and they start selling the t-shirt, I'm like, you know me, anything Steelers logo related, I have to buy it. And we'll definitely talk about the Steelers later on. Um, like I said, like it's it's week 17 of the NFL. There's only one more week of the regular season left after tonight. Some massive games with some massive playoff implications uh, going on. I mean, as we head in and we're recording, obviously, on Sunday, hopefully this will go out before the games actually happen. That depends on how long it takes me to edit and get it out there. Um, I mean, like, what game, aside from the Steelers-Seahawks Steelers later on, are you looking forward to the most? And it's got to be Ravens Falcons, like that's has the biggest impact on the AFC, especially the playoff picture. And um, Dolphins are eleven four, Ravens are twelve three. And um, Baltimore wants to win this. Obviously, they want to make the road to the Super Bowl for the AFC go through, you know them. And um, Miami obviously wants to, you know, push themselves up the seeding. That'll be the the game of probably the game of the week. Looking at the schedule there, um, and one of the Bar last night, one of the ones which have the biggest playoff implications. Um, so, like the Cowboys Lions last night had huge playoff implications. Um, the Niners Commanders, like it should be a cakewalk for the Niners. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett was supposed to start, Sam Howell was benched, and uh, he injured his hamstrings on IR now. So, uh, it might be Howell is starting. They did activate another QB, I can't remember his name, during the week. He might take the, the reins. Um, but other than that, like the other games to watch in regards to like seeding, like the Bills, the Colts, the Texans, and the tumbling Jags. Like the Jags, yeah. since they, there's the, the old adage of this disrespecting the terrible tale. Since they disrespect the terrible tale, like they, they've they've fallen from grace. Like they were such a hot team. Yeah. And they're going up against two and thirteen Panthers. You know that should be a cakewalk. And Trevor Lawrence is out, so they don't have him starting. And Panthers are scrappy, so. I suppose like the AFC, it's I mean apart from obviously the Dolphins, the Ravens. I mean you also have the Bengals and the Browns who are currently in playoff position. But apart from that, like it's still all to play for, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's when you look at it, it's it's ridiculous. Like you look at the AFC, only three teams have clinched a spot: the Browns, the Dolphins, the Ravens. NFC, you've got four. You got 49ers, Eagles, and Lions and Cowboys. Other than that, there are still right now in the hunt. Like who are actually like the other seeds are like Chiefs, Jags, Bills, Colts, Bucks, Rams, Seahawks. They all are still clinging to playoff spot. And 
And then you look at the like the, the guys who are on the bubble. There are ten teams still yeah. who have a shot. Like it's when you look at it, week seventeen, ten teams still have a chance to like now. Some of those percentages are like thirteen percent, seven percent, like one percent, but they're not eliminated. Yeah. Like for how late it is in the season, like it really is surprising to see so many teams still be in playoff contention. Yeah, that's that's the like what as long as I've watched NFL, it's it, I don't remember now. I could be wrong. I don't remember this many teams being still in playoff contention, and um, and like the AFC is still, if you will, the the front runner. They're still the hardest conference to to get um, a clinch in or a playoff spot in, and you know if things pan out, you could see like depending how things fall. You could see, as everyone expected, three NFC North, AFC North teams in the playoffs. And um, the Browns have already secured their trip to the playoff, thanks to a resurgent Joe Flacco. Yeah, um, and we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about Joe Flacco later on as well. That has to be the biggest, I think, the biggest surprise of this season is how, well, first of all, that Joe Flacco is still playing football, and secondly, yeah. like how good he has been. I mean, I think he's he's thrown for sixteen hundred over sixteen hundred yards. I mean, 13 touchdowns against eight interceptions. It really has like brought the Browns back from the brink this season. He has. And I mean, the other funny or weird, whichever way you look at it, stat is he is currently six, 37 yards passing from passing Johnny Manziel on the Browns passing yards already. He's only 600 and I think 606 yards away from passing Deshaun Watson. As a pass, like one of the all-time passers on the Browns passing chart already, and you know he's gone from being a backup in the Jets to sitting on his couch to bring it the Browns their third yeah. playoff berth in a century. Yeah, it's 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 insane. But like you look at the AFC, I mean, I don't think at the start of the season anyone could really have predicted that. Well, first of all, that the Chiefs, I mean, last year's AFC champions would, would struggle so much. I mean, really, really struggled. I think what, they're eight and five at the minute, something like that. Not, that yeah, they're well, nine and six. Uh, there you go. Today. Yeah, nine and six. Yeah. But like, I mean, yeah. I, 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 like, no one could have really predicted that they would have had this a hard a time in, in, in battling. And I certainly didn't have the Ravens being in such a strong position at the start of the season, like where they are now, ultimately probably going to win out and become AFC champions. Yeah, this uh, I you know I can see for a total collapse in the playoffs, the Ravens will probably win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the way they're playing, their defense is on fire. They do have you know some you know situations where they they do almost like they they play the mentality bend don't break. There is a couple of times where they do break and they do let teams back in. But when you have someone like Lamar Jackson on the other side of the ball, who, like, the original joke was, like, he's just a running back. You can't really call him running back anymore. He's, no. he's a former MVP. He does have the ability to extend players ridiculously. But he's also become a more prolific passer. And he does still extend players, but, like, not as much as he used to. You won't see him, like, scrambling constantly at the ball and snapping, unless it's a desired run. You know, he doesn't do that anymore. He stands in the pocket. He scans for his receivers. When he has guys like Odell Beckham and say Flowers, like why wouldn't you like yeah. scan field? And there's a chance that Mark Andrews will be back in time for the playoffs as well. And if he's back, that offense is is gonna be difficult. 
So, I suppose Joe Flacco's resurgence aside, what has been the, apart from that, what's been the most kind of surprising thing for you this season? Um, I said there's been a couple things like, um, I say the, the wishy-washiness of the Dolphins to start. Like, they started off super red hot. And then they went through a stretch of like going really, really like cold, lukewarm, and then they resurged again. That is not something like now they've obviously curtailed that a bit, but that's not something you want to see your team going through the season because that if that happens in the playoffs, it's literally one and done. And the you mentioned it earlier, the Chiefs, you have Pat Mahomes, like generational quarterback, their receivers can't catch a cold. Yeah. You know, that's his biggest problem. You can see him frustrated on the sideline. The guys are dropping surefire touchdowns. There's like Travis Kelsey is like teams have now figured out that the, the receivers are struggling to pick like catch balls, I should say. So they're doubling like Kelsey. They're taking him out of the play. And once you take him out of the play, you're relying on the other guys to catch the ball. And they're just not stepping up. Um, and then um, let's say the until he was benched, the Broncos were like they came back from like two and five yeah. to like playoff contention. Um and then that whole like that whole benching situation with Russell Wilson like mental. Came out and absolutely spoke about it. like it's 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 absolutely mental. Like your team is like in the chance for winning the playoffs and you you, you put in Jared Stidham as your starting quarterback. Which is funny because the same benching situation happened to Derek Carr last season and yeah. Stidham took over for that, so I don't know whether he's a good luck charm or a bad luck charm, but if he's joined your team, you know, your days are numbered by the sounds of things. Uh, but Wilson's a class actor. He spoke to the media, explained the situation. His time in Denver is probably done. So the question is, where does he end up next year? Where's the gap? Where, where's, the, where's the quarterback demand? Hopefully it won't be Pittsburgh anyway. Uh, Patriots. Jones. Baby Zappi. Unless they draft a quarterback in the draft. He's probably paid for that. I think the most surprising storyline for me so far has been how good the lines are. You know, apart apart from the you know obviously disappointing loss to the Cowboys last night. I mean, they're on track for their first playoff season in over thirty years, um, possibly even a dark horse for the NFC Championship game. I mean, I think a Lions Niners NFC Championship game is definitely not beyond the realms of possibility at this stage. Definitely, I mean, they won their first title, division title in 30 years, you know. Um, they went out and they went in a heartbreaking loss to the Cowboys last night, 20-19, to um, with a crazy ending. You know, they're 11-5, they're tied with the, the Cowboys 11-5 at the moment. Um, they absolutely could push for the championship, you know, if not even all the way. Like, they just, like, need stuff to fall their way now they do have a bit of a tendency to over rely on screens the cowboys were like all over that last night they even intercepted a screen and uh, pass with a phenomenal interception remember who did it but like he just pulled that ball straight out of the air before he reached the player they do telegraph screens quite a bit that could be one of their weakness but their defense is playing really well like hutchinson is is like you know, he's out there pushing guys around like your kids. You know, yeah. he's, he's not to be trifled with. And you look at the NFC, like it's the 49ers and Eagles tied 11 and 4, and then the Lions and Cowboys tied 11 and 5. Like 
the NFC Championship is literally anybody's at this stage. They're the four yeah. big, like they're the ones to beat. You look at the you know fourth, sixth, and seventh seed. It's Bucks, Rams, and Seahawks. Like, yeah, not really going to pose they, much of a, of a threat there. The only way they'd pose a threat is like Rams would probably be the biggest dark horse in all of them. But you have to have, everything would have to fall the right way for you to for that to work. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see a rematch between the Cowboys and the Lions at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, if not even for the, the, the championship. I mean, especially after as Brock Purdy's recent performance, I think it was against the Raiders where he he threw four Raiders. interceptions and and I mean a couple of those they weren't his they weren't his fault. Maybe they were tipped. But it it just goes to show you that it comes down to any given Sunday. And I mean, Brock Purdy has been the golden boy in San Francisco, and it just shows you can't predict what's going to happen. You can't, and like when you keep before, you know, when he's rolling into that game against the the Ravens, everyone was like, "Oh, he's the MVP. He's the MVP." And then he threw like three or four interceptions, and suddenly that MVP talk. Has gone except for from diehard 49ers fans, and you know if anyone you know on that team could be considered MVP, it's Christian McCaffrey. He he is like the the engine of that team. You know he takes that pressure off Brock Purdy. You have to respect. You have to fill the box because if CMC breaks loose, if you ignore him, you're gonna lose the game every time. And you know the Eagles, they're looking. You know, they had a bit of a, a tumble and a stumble, you know. Hurts, I don't know whether he's still hurt or not, but he hasn't been playing his best either. Yeah. Um, and like I said, back to, to the Lions and Cowboys, like they held the Cowboys to like 20 points. You know, they they were they were all over. Like CeeDee Lamb had a phenomenal game. Like he started off slow, but he had over 150 yards receiving. Um, but, you know, he, like they, they held him in check for quite a while. Um, and then, you know, you're looking at those guys who have all clinched. It's now down to like can with two games left in the season, can those who currently have a seed hold on to it? Like the low hanging fruit would be the Jags and the Colts, um, and the Seahawks on the other side, possibly the Buccaneers because they're in the worst division of football. The NFC South once again. You know, everyone is is not. I would say awful, but like the standings in the NFC South. They're like pretty grim. Yeah, it's like eight and seven, seven and eight, seven and eight, and two and thirteen. Like it's it's literally anybody's. It's going to come down to tiebreakers of anything. So at this stage, I mean, forget about the wild card round for for a second. Who are your picks for the the divisional round and ultimately the championship games? Oh, so after so, I mean, divisional round. The Chiefs are going to get to the divisional round. There's just something about Pat Holmes, and um, you know, when he's in the playoffs, and um, I'd say he'd get to the divisional round. I think the Browns are going to the divisional. Like, um, unless you can slow down Flacco and you know that defense, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the divisional round. And um, to be honest, I. As much as it pains me to say, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the championship for AFC is Ravens Browns. Ravens Browns. Yeah. That's a bull call. Yeah. Just like unless Joe Flacco has a complete meltdown, 
like for the rest of the the, the last two games. Um, you know, I I don't think he can be stopped. Like, there's too many too many weapons on that offense. Like David Njoku just rolls right over everybody. And he's become Flacco's favorite target as well. Yeah, and like you know, you look at you know they were like, oh, our running game's going to chub for a setup. Ford is like taking Chubb's role and literally ran with it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have to give some respect to the Browns defense. You know, they are they are quite stingy. You, you know, you've got Denzel Ward, you've got Miles Garrett, you know, you've got Smith on the other side. And, you know, you have a formidable defense. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably foresee Ravens, Browns, AFC Championship game. Um, NFC Championship game. I think it's gonna be Lions, and it's either gonna be 49ers Cowboys. I think this. I think this is the Lions year. Honestly, I think Dan Campbell has done such a fantastic job up there in Detroit. I mean, they were one of the worst worst franchises in the NFL for years, and now they're one of the best in the NFC. And he just has a way of inspiring his players. I think, and but then you look at the highly highly questionable decision last night to go for to go for two three times. Yeah. And, you know, the, the obvious decision there is if you don't get it once, okay, you might try it again. But what, after the second attempt, why not just kick the field goal and go to overtime? If, like, that mentality, it's he was being a slave to the analytics. Mm. Like, the analytics were like, go for two, go for two, go for two. And, I mean, as, as it, like, on the Lions defense, you're sitting there watching them go for two or three times. Like, do you, like, does he not have faith in us to be able to stop the Cowboys? Now, they couldn't really stop CD Lamb, but... In overtime, just hold them to a field goal and then go down to score a touchdown. Like, you know, they were playing that well. Um, but yeah, I do believe the Lions are going to go a lot further than people give them credit for. Um, and if you want to go like dark horse like teams, uh, for the NFC, the dark horse teams, the Rams, I wouldn't be surprised if they cause an upset in the wild card just because, like, the way they're playing, like, you got Cooper Cook, you got Puka yeah. Nagua. Like try and stop those two on any given Sunday is difficult enough, and um, and then the Bills. I wouldn't say that they're a dark horse. They were expected to win, like at all. And they've had a very up and down season as well in the in the AFC. Yeah, but they're surging at the moment, um, and like if they get in, I think the Texans. If they get into the wild cards, the Texans could cause a bit of trouble. They're eight seed at the moment, and. Um, so they're one play, one out of the, the playoffs. Um, they're third in the AFC South. The Colts are ahead of them. They could just they need to win out, you know. Um, if they win, they have a fifty three percent chance of getting into the playoffs. I think one of the most, I suppose, one of the other really interesting things this season for me has been the emergence of so many backup quarterbacks, and I suppose the relative success they have had. I mean, you look Aaron Rodgers week one tours tours uh, his Achilles, and you know that that's a whole different podcast on on playing surfaces. But like you look at the likes of Josh Dobbs, who was doing so well in Arizona, and that got traded traded to the Vikings. Yeah, played unreal in his first game, and then fell off a bit of a cliff. Um, Tommy DeVito, social media phenom. I mean, the same story came in in relief of Tyrod Taylor, who came in. I mean, DeVito was third string, came in, played really well in his first couple of games, and then had a, had a similar fate. He had the like of Nick Mullins, who came in for um for Dobbs, Jake Browning, who came in for um for Joe Burrow. So I mean, it's it's been a hell of a year for backup quarterbacks. 
it is like there's the like the, the commentators mention all the time. It's it is the year of backup. Some have been successful, some haven't, and you know you roll back to like Devito, like his on his three game winning streak, and you know there was people talking about like you know like is there going to be quarterback controversy between Donna Jones and like Tommy Devito, you know. That's that's no. like, that's insane talk. Like that's if third string quarterback versus the first, yeah. like that's insane talk. But like Nick Mullins has been around for years. Yeah. He came back and he uh, to steal a phrase from Pat McAfee, the pastor not Josh Jobs. He took his job, um, and it looked like the the Vikings were had found their footing. They're still in with a chance, thirty eight seed, and um, you know so like another backup i can't remember who's starting for the jags this sunday because lawrence is out no, that's a very good question there's another backup there and you know and then we go to to our team you know Pickett went down with his yeah his uh you know his calf injury mitch trubisky went in you know stank up the joint yeah and then pretty much mason rudolph came out and he just put on a show which nobody, nobody expected. I mean, no. you look at that game against the Bengals last week after the absolute disaster against the Colts. I mean, you and I had zero expectations of anything positive to happen last Saturday night. Um, and they came out and absolutely blasted the Bengals. I mean, what happened there? Well, I think myself included, a lot of people forget that Mason has spent basically his whole career sitting behind Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. And you could see in the way he played, he was making decisive throws. He was making yeah. deep shots. He was scrambling when he needed to. If you look, he was playing. He was playing with confidence, which I don't think Trubisky ever did. I don't think Trubisky ever threw a confident pass while he was there. No, he didn't. And like, I don't know whether like Mitch just has like this lingering doubt from being a first round pick to being a backup in Buffalo to being a backup in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know. But there was no confidence behind his throw. You're absolutely right with that. Where like Rudolph was like, like my guy's there, he'll win, and he put the yeah. ball where he knew his guy could get. He was coming but, out. He was slinging it. I mean, George Pickens had a career day as well, which was just yeah. beautiful to watch. I mean, after all the struggles that he's had this season, and I suppose all the talk about his attitude, it was great to see him come out. I mean, he had his coming out day. Really, that that was the biggest game of his career. He silenced a lot of people talking about him like there was a lot of people on on twitter or x whichever you want to call it who were against him after seeing his lackluster blocking for Jalen Warren. yeah and then he came out and had that career day suddenly you know blocking for he's teammates the hero. like no that doesn't matter anymore look at that look two touchdowns like nearly 200 yards like yeah and so you're looking at like with the Steelers Seahawks like you're you're looking at uh, Mason starting Pickett. You can see in his recent interview, like he is angry, like he is mad. That like you can see, like someone asked him a question about like quarterback competition, and he shut that down. Like you know, don't ever ask that question again. Type of answer. Yeah. And he's I don't blame him. Like he's he's hurt. Like you know, and it seems that everyone forgot he had a phenomenal day. Like. The one game removed from my calendar, like that game is completely gone from yeah. most Yinzers' mind, and and it's only now like oh Mason Rudolph. That Mason was the first. That was the first game against the Bengals, wasn't it? No. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, it was. Yeah, that was the first game. They started the game off throwing the pass down the middle of yeah. the field. Fryer I remember that. Yeah. 
I remember like, watching that going, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he is, he's not marked as an out um, so far. Um, so I, I think the expectation is he'll dress. And if Rudolph struggles, he'll then yeah. go in. Um, he's not 100% still. He had a similar injury in college. He came back after 26 days. College and NFL are different beasts. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, if if Rudolph like, continues to play well, you know, get to the point where you let Kenny heal up. You know, let him heal as much as possible because in that offense with those weapons, Pickett has the skills to do what Rudolph does. He just, you know, he's been playing injured for a lot of the season. And he hasn't really been developed either properly. Yeah, that's the, the big one in Pittsburgh. Like, post-season or off-season, you know, we're, like, from from a Steelers fan, I'm saying we're going to need to look for a new offensive line coach, new quarterbacks coach, and possibly a new defensive and offensive coordinator. Like, clear house from Tomlin down. Leave Tomlin as he is. Because a lot of veterans are still supporting Tomlin. TJ mm. Watts come out and always supports Tomlin and he doesn't understand how guys, especially the younger guys, don't, like, listen and take in what he says. And you do forget that there's a lot of on the offensive side of the ball in Steelers, there's not many veterans. Like, Roethlisberger was the last veteran when he left that room. When he left the room, Najee Harris was the, the most yeah. experienced guy when he left the team. So that shows you how young that team is in terms of, like, locker room mentality. I mean, okay, we had a fantastic game against the Bengals last weekend, and hopefully we'll have a similar performance against the Seahawks tonight. Uh, I mean, first of all, what better way to to ring in the new year than watching the Steelers game? I mean, I'm I'm just as soon as I saw the schedule come out and I saw the New Year's Eve game, I was like, happy days! That is my New Year's Eve sorted. But like, I don't think that the recent that the recent victory can really mask the the fact that there is, like you say, I mean, the Steelers have to clear house in the off season pretty much from Tomlin down. I mean, I would even go as far as ha- having a look at having a look at the GM as well, possibly. I don't think Tan is on the firing line. Like you look at like Omar, he's like he robs the Bears. We got Joey Porter Jr. Oh, yeah. because of Omar Khan. Like he yeah, gave them Chase Claypool. Like <laughs> we got Joey Porter, like who is We definitely came in on top of that one anyway. He's basically a lockdown corner, he's like a rookie. Yeah. You know? There's talk like the you know, obviously there's talk of like who should be defensive player of the year and who should be defensive rookie of the year and stuff like that. And I've seen you know, Joey Porter's name mentioned in some circles and some beat writers like outside of Pittsburgh that he could be defensive rookie of the year. But, you know, that, we don't know how those year awards will go. And, and that's, I'd say that's probably another, like, topic of, like, we could touch on quickly is, like, the yearly NFL awards. Like, MVP, well, defensive player, yeah. offensive player. That's... I'm actually. I was. I was only thinking about this the other day and trying to think in my mind who the, the NFL league MVP can be. And honestly, like nobody comes to mind right now. No one really jumps out. The only player like that jumps out to me straight away, um, like would be either Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And um, like there are two names that like really jump out at me like when I'm looking but when at you can, when you consider that when you consider that the the league MVP often perhaps unjustly is skewed towards offensive players I mean there's no real massive strong candidate I mean all things being equal TJ Watt would win MVP and defensive player of the year 
I mean, I know we're slightly biased towards the Steelers, obviously, but my God, like the man is just a machine. 17 sacks for the season, probably going to finish up with over 20 sacks, you know? If he's not on the field, Pittsburgh loses. We know that. Yeah. Everyone who watches football knows that. I mean, you're like, he could be he could MVP. He absolutely could. Defense player of the year, he should. He could even win comeback player of the year because last season he tore his pecs, mm. you know? So he could, <laughs> but he's not going to win like three awards. No. Like, I mean, realistically, he should win the defensive player of the year. He's currently first seven in sacks. Um, Trey Hendrickson is a name yeah. that does not get mentioned enough. He's yeah. one behind Wash, 16. Like, he is a phenomenal defensive player. Um, the names that are being thrown around are like Michael Parsons, Mac, uh, Miles Garrett, and then TJ Watt. And like, a lot of places have put Miles Garrett as a front runner for defensive player of the year. No. That's just that's just factually incorrect. I mean, if you're going by the best player and the best numbers, it's TJ hands down, like, and the biggest impact. You can see, like, he is the Steelers' heart and soul. Yeah, that's and like, there's a lot of talk on the socials about those yearly awards, and it's you know, it's a popularity contest or it's a story during the narrative, or like TJ could have 22 sacks, but because he doesn't make the playoffs, he's not in contention. Yeah, like. And don't, I'm not taking anything away from the Browns. Like, they've had a phenomenal season, but because they're going to the playoffs, you know, and so are the Cowboys. So Parsons and, like, uh, Garrett are being talked in higher circles than Watt is, um, which kind of, in my, my my opinion, detracts away from the awards. The awards are supposed to be, like, you know, what did you do for your team? Regardless mm. of got to the playoffs. Because one player can't bring you to the playoffs. Like, it's, it's a team sport. Like... The Defensive Player of the Year award is an individual award. It's not where your team finishes. And then if we look at the other, the other, I suppose, annual awards. I mean, okay, we we've, we've touched uh, a league overall MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. Could it be McCaffrey? Um, you could get McCaffrey. Here's a double-headed one. You could get McCaffrey, but you could also look at CJ Stroud for both mm. Offensive Player and Offensive yeah. Rookie. Tank Dell. If you hadn't got injured, maybe. If you hadn't got injured, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, if you're talking about offensive player, purely, I'd say Christian McCaffrey could win that. Or should win that. You know, he's he's like the powerhouse. Like, he's he's giving the the Niners, like, that ability to win games. Like, as I said earlier, he's causing defenses to, like, like, stack the box. If they see him lining up in the backfield, they have to stack the box. And that just gives Brock Purdy play action opportunities all day, every day. And then looking at the rookie of the years and the comeback player of the year, who kind of who kind of stands out to you there? I mean, comeback player of the year, you know, my vote is Joe Flacco. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. actually that's a that's a great shout. I mean, right. not necessarily coming back from injury, but more or less coming out of retirement. Yeah, coming from like the Jets to sitting on the couch halfway through a season to bring in the as I said the Browns, Brian, the Browns their, practice squad to the Browns starting quarterback and giving them their, their third playoff birth in the century like yeah you know and looking well while doing yeah it. Like, looking well for 35 36 years of age it's 39 oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> that's that but, makes it even more that makes it even more more uh more impressive yeah old man flacco like i mean like rookie of the year i mean no one off the top of my head has a bigger impact as a rookie other than cd stroud like mm. he got drafted, people thought the Texans will have to like you know 
be year two and just getting him under center. And he came out and he came out slinging. Yeah. So much so, he's got them at eight and seven. They're third in the AFC South. They have a 53% chance of making the playoffs if they win out. No one expected the Texans to be in contention for the playoffs. And it just goes to show like they struggled when he was out for with concussion for those two games. Like if they win if they win out, they will cause an issue for whoever they face in the put in the wild card. Yeah. I think he he'll probably get that offensive rookie. And you know, Bryce Young, you know, people say my offensive rookie, like if he has the skills, he has the talent, he just doesn't have the offensive line. No, doesn't have the weapons. Yeah. Like, you know, and he, 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 I kind of feel for him because, you know, he had his, his, uh, GA, his uh, owner, the owner team come out and like saying they were originally going to draft CJ Stroud, but they decided last second to change to Bryce Young. And that's a big confidence hit. Like, the guy's struggling. You kind of have to yeah. say that stuff publicly. But uh, yeah, I say Stroud for rookie of the year. So if he's rookie of the year, then offensive will be. And, CJ Stroud, Christian McCaffrey, then offensive offensive rookie of the year. And I don't know who that, who who would take that. If can't, can't really go to, they're not really going to give the Stroud, Stroud twice. No, I think defensive rookie of the year could be a good shout for Joey Porter Jr. I mean, yeah, he's a what's the what's the Alabama safety with Brian Branch? Oh yeah, was he? Was I he... forgot about him. Yeah, I just heard um, him for even, the Steelers. Do you know? Do you know? Actually, now that it, now that it comes to me, um, Deron Bland, he's a rookie, isn't he? He is now. He did set the the record for most pick sixes, but he's kind of been like up and down. Up and down. He's like kind of got a kind of got burnt a bit. Like in, yeah, in the, the Lions kind of. Whereas you look at you, you look at Joey Porter Jr. and he's just I mean he's he is a shutdown corner to the point where he's a rookie and he's covering opposing teams' best receivers, you know that's just incredible. Yeah, the only thing I will that could go against Porter is he's the second most flagged cornerback in the league at the moment, but that's because he's a rookie. But yeah. uh, just completely forgot who else could be offensive rookie of the year? Puka Nakua. I forgot he's a rookie. Completely forget. He, he he would not strike you as a yeah as a rookie like at a, all. A, a worldly veteran. Yeah, come here before we uh before you finish up. I want to talk about the Super Bowl briefly, and mm. obviously I'm going to be over there in yeah. Vegas. So so excited. Um, but like, give me your give me your give me your prediction for for matchups. Um, the matchup. There's going to be matchups that I'd like to see. Matchups that I think is going to happen. Like a matchup I would like to see would be like this is out of like left field it would be Dolphins Lions, um, just because it's too like it's a powerhouse offense yeah. and a powerhouse defense. Um, don't see the I don't see the Dolphins getting past the Ravens though. No, that's that's why it's a like. I don't, to I don't see. see I don't see anyone. <laughs> I don't see anyone at all getting past the Ravens at this the stage. The only team I can see who has a chance of getting past the Ravens is the Browns, and that's because AFC teams, as you know, AFC North teams, we play each other different. Yeah. Um, and you know what a story would that would be if mm-hmm. Joe Flacco beat his old team in the AFC Championship game. And yeah. That, that's that would be a story to to look forward to, and um, but I think Super Bowl. You know, it's going to be Ravens, and it's going to be 49ers. Yeah, 
I think I think ultimately the the Niners will rally themselves and will fend off. I think I think Brock Purdy is just too good. I mean, you look at all the weapons that he has. I yeah. mean, it's just it's it's a to quote uh, someone else that I a quote to quote a quote that I saw on Twitter. It's an embarrassment of riches on offense for for the 49ers and you have see me uh, christian mccaffrey you know debo samuel um it's just it's ridiculous it is like you, you can't and you can't let those offensive weapons not get to like not let you get to the super bowl and then you can't you know like lose games and you have like you know bosa and young anchoring mm. your defensive line like yeah you can't you can't do that and i mean if they face off in the Super Bowl, I think Ravens are going to win 34-21. We have a score prediction as well, and hopefully it won't be repeated the last time they played when the, the lights, lights went out for, 40, <laughs> for 45 minutes, <laughs> and it was 3 o'clock in the morning by the time yeah. the game the game finished. Yeah, Niners, I think Niners-Ravens is, is I think, what everyone's kind of calling at this stage. I mean, the Lions, such a fantastic story, but ultimately I think they're going to fall short of the fall short of the mark. But I would say one last one for the Super Bowl, like the absolute out there possibility, Browns Eagles. Now that's been a little bit ridiculous. I, think. I know it is, but like, I mean, you know, they are the, the Browns are the Browns, and they will find a way to lose. But uh, kind of got to give them a little bit of respect. I mean, you know, their coach Fancy is probably coaching either. Mm. Probably want to win that award. Yeah. But you know. As much as I hate saying it, like, you know, Ravens are probably going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so. It pains me to admit it as well, but they're just they're just too good this year. And look, hopefully our Steelers will will, will make it to the playoffs, but uh, I don't know how far they'll get. We just got to beat Seahawks first. And then the Raven, if the, if the Browns, the problem is if the Browns win this week, the Ravens will not sit their starters because the Browns are still in the chance to take them alone. So yeah. So, well, look. Um, enjoy the game tonight. I'm sure we'll we'll be giving out, or hopefully, hopefully not giving out, but hopefully we'll be in good spirits. Hopefully we'll get the 2024 started off with a win. And uh, look, always a pleasure talking NFL with you, man. And we'll we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, looking forward to this again, Jimmy. Uh, speak to you soon. Good new good new year, and here we go for a win.